Welcome to the Minecraft Short Stories Podcast, and welcome back if you've joined us before. Today's episode is an episode I've been looking forward to for a very long time. This episode is going to be a little different due to being a special episode. Why it's special is because Minecraft Short Stories has reached 200,000 plays, or 211 at the time of recording. This is crazy, because it feels like just yesterday I was celebrating 100,000 plays. The special schedule for today is one listener story by Kai, me answering questions listeners sent in, and me reading and giving my opinion on none other than the first and maybe second level of the Minecraft iceberg. More on what that is later. Before this banger of an episode begins, I'm going to go over the answer and results of the polls on Spotify and give shoutouts to all those who participated in the comments of Apple Podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The first poll question is, in which update were horses added? A. They've always been in Minecraft. B. 1.6. C. 1.7. D, 1.8, and the answer is 1.6, with 36% of people getting this right. The second poll is, how many bites does it take to eat out of a full cake? The options were A, 8, B, 4, C, 5, and D, 7. The correct answer is 8. It does take 8 bites to eat a full cake. The final poll is, which of the following cannot drop from a zombie? The options are A, gold ingot, B, beetroot, C, carrot, and D, potato. And the correct answer is beetroot. Congratulations to the 47% of people who got that right. And now it is time for the Apple Podcast shoutouts. Our shoutout goes to DSFDS, Tony AA Games, ECD Studios, IOA2, Mr. Wolf, Waxfam, Duchess of Northeast Seattle, comma, and then I would also like to take this time to shout out Fierkin on YouTube and Twitch. I've looked at his content and he has some pretty quality stuff, so you should definitely go check him out. Thanks for sticking with us, and let's jump right into the 200,000 plays special. One small thing, this episode is most likely going to be a lot less edited due to its length, so you may hear some of this. And also at some points, me not talking that clearly or me accidentally moving the microphone away from my mouth. So just be warned. The first topic of this episode is reading this great story by Kai. Steve and the Deep Dark Boss. Steve loved axolotls and wished he had one, but never has found one. He was just having a normal day mining trees for his new house near a stream, but then he fell into a very interesting cave. This doesn't look like any of the caves I've seen before, so why does this look so lush, Steve asked himself. Hmm, must be the new update, Steve thought. As Steve explored the cave, it got weirder. He started seeing weird blue things that detect noise, and weird glowing berries. Steve decided that he would explore a little more, and then get out of the cave. As Steve continued exploring, he went to a massive, creepy cave with a lot of the blue things. Steve saw a chest, and as he went over to it and opened it up, and what was inside surprised him. 
A book was inside the chest, and Steve learnt more as he read, but stopped when he heard a rumble and remembered that he should probably go. But before he was about to close the book, he saw a glimpse of something that said, If you let the skulk sensors detect you, the warden will come. Okay, those weird blue things must be the skulk sensors, Steve thought. But what is the warrant? As Steve was thinking, he forgot about leaving and got distracted by another chest and opened it. Inside was a notch apple. I am so lucky, thought Steve. Steve went around, opening more chests and learning more about this deep dark underland, but still didn't know what the warrant was. In some of the book, there were theories about the deep dark. Some saying it was an emergency bunker, and some saying it was for prisoners, while being guarded by the warden. What is the warden, thought Steve again. Steve found a diamond star in a chest. Better safe than sorry, Steve thought to himself. Steve came over to what seemed to be a prison cell, when he felt another rumble. Wondering why they were happening, he decided that he should pro that he should finally leave and add one last look at the place. As he was leaving, the ground started shaking really hard, and he saw on the wall some writing saying, You can't escape the warden. Then Steve realized that the warden is probably not a good thing. And Steve thought, of course it can't be that easy. The notch apples, the diamond sword, all that loot, it's too good to be true. Must of course be guarded by something. But what is the warden? Steve thought. As the ground was shaking, Steve saw the exit and thought, maybe I can make a run for it. But of course, it was not that easy. Some horrible monster came up out of the ground and blocked his way. Steve thought quickly, this must be the warren, what a monster. Steve hit the warren with his diamond sword, but it barely did anything to this monster. What Steve didn't know about was the warren's sonic boom. The warren hit Steve and did half health. Steve ran away and ate his notch apple. Steve was full health again and had strength and was ready to fight. But the warren already knew where Steve was. Steve had made too much noise eating the notch apple. Steve thought he had enough time to escape the warren. As he was running for the exit, the warren sonic boomed Steve. Steve almost got killed by the sonic boom, and had only one notch apple left, and he wanted to save it. Plus, the one notch apple wouldn't be enough, and it would attract the warren with the noise. And then an idea popped into Steve's head. If I don't make any noise, the warren won't know where I am, right? Steve got up and made no noise. Steve slowly walked to the exit and made no noise, and started running off. As Steve was leaving the cave, he heard some splashing around a corner. Steve went to check on what it was, just in case. What was in there surprised Steve. It was a pink axolotl splashing around. Steve made a bucket and picked up the axolotl and went back home. The end. The next segment I am very excited about, it is listener questions. These were sent in through my website, mygrushrestories.com. The first listener question is by Joseph, and he asks, what is Notch's last name? It is Person, who wrote Pigstep. I believe it was Lena Rain. When was Hypixel Skyblock released? I looked this up. It is June 11th, 2019. And then he asks, what type of cancer killed Technoblade? It was Sarcoma. He asks, what is Hypixel's first name? I just know that his Twitter or Facebook profile is called Simon Hypixel, so I'm going to say it's Simon. And then he finally asks, how did Technoblade get Pig, Pig Plus, Pig Plus Plus, and Pig Plus 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 on Hypixel? I have no clue. The next question is by Nathan. He asks, what is your favorite thing you built in Minecraft? So, this is a hard question, but I used to play on mobile. And I put my house up inside of Savannah, and it was all made out of the orange Savannah wood. So I made this house, I made a normal looking house, but then I wanted to add more stuff to it. So I just put it randomly in places where I thought it would look good. So on the roof was a small little 
cabin just on top of the roof, connected to a gra- connected by a ladder to the ground floor, and that was my whole enchanting thing. The walls were covered. The walls were covered in bookshelves, and there was a chest full. Of, and there was a chest full of enchanted books and an anvil. And then also, I flattened the whole top of the mountain to put my house on. And I had a little campfire place, which is where I made taiga trees sprout up using bone meal, and then put a campfire in the middle. I ended up taking that down later when my dog accidentally walked into my campfire and then accidentally died. But I also attempted to get a panda back to my house. So I went to a jungle that was about a few thousand blocks away. I found a panda I put inside a boat and I traveled all that way with the boat. Unfortunately, it died somehow. Like 50 blocks away from my house. And I believe it's because falls down. I believe it's because fall damage or something. I eventually ended up quitting that world and deleting it because I had spent hours getting netherite. I had prop for netherite with, I believe it was, thorns. So unfortunately, I ended up quitting that world because I had spent hours upon hours finding diamonds, finding netherite. I had killed myself so many times using beds to mine netherite. And I finally had enough to create a netherite helmet and a netherite and netherite leggings, each with prop four and I believe thorns. So then I went to the nether. I went really far away from my nether portal. I was inside a crimson forest and I was trying to trade with piglins. But then I got stuck inside a hole with a piglin. And then I hit the piglin. And then I couldn't hit it back for some reason. I believe I was on wood and it's really hard to switch tools fast in mobile. So then the piglin ended up killing me, even though I did have an enchanted diamond sword. And I quickly went back to see if I could find my stuff again, but I did not know where I died. So that means I had just lost so many hours of work. So then I just quit that world and deleted it. The next question is by Isabel. She asks, she asks, what do you do when you get writer's block? I stop writing until I don't have it anymore. That's ex- that's literally what I do. I do get writer's block a lot. I got writer's block for a very long time writing Crystal Origins Part 2, which is why it came out like six months later. But I eventually got it finished. I just banged it out, and then I got on to the podcast. And then Kai from the listener story also asks, Is the Deep Dark worth it? I... I'm guessing what he means by this is, is it worth it to go risk your life searching these things and possibly confronting the Warren? So, it depends on your progression inside the game. If you're really early game, you find a deep dark, and you also maybe find an ancient city, it's definitely worth it to go into the ancient city. Well, I mean, it depends on the player, if they find it worth it. But to me it is. Then you can progress a lot quicker because then you'll have diamonds, you'll have enchanted apples, maybe. You'll have a lot of in-game materials. But if you're playing four, but if you're a player inside full netherite with elytra, it's probably not worth your time, unless he wants cold. The actual final last question is a question submitted by a listener. I forget their name. And they ask, what were you inspired by to make this podcast? So, Minecraft Short Stories is not actually my first podcast. 
about um, three years ago, maybe two and a half, I created a podcast where I went over all the basic water types of Pokemon, because I was really into Pokemon then, which you can see because my name on Apple Logasts is Charizard, which I made in fourth grade. So I used the Deluxe Essential Handbook of Pokemon, and I went over that. It was around an hour and 30 minutes, maybe just 40 minutes of me talking about the Pokemon, and I just went over the Deluxe Essential Handbook's definition of the Pokemon and stuff about them, and then I kind of talked about it a little, kind of like what I'm going to do with this micro Triceberg. So I made that, and then I released it on Anchor, a really long time ago when Anchor was a lot different. And I just used a microphone that my dad had. And then when I released it, it was called the Pokemazing Podcast. Because Pokemon, amazing, Pokemazing, yeah. And I believe an overview of basic water types got about two plays. One by me, and then one by my grandma. So, no people heard that. So then, that just went there and never got any more plays. I believe we deleted it after a little while since I got out of my Pokemon phase. So then, about a year after that, it was April, I decided I would like to create another podcast. I was listening to The Withering Effect a lot of that time, which is another podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You should go check them out. And I wanted to create a Minecraft podcast. My first idea was to create a Minecraft podcast like The Withering Effect, where I go over Minecraft news. But my dad, who had helped me make Pokemon Podcast, was like, you need to have a niche, a niche, basically a little original corner that you kind of control. So I have always been pretty good at creative writing. I've always, I've always been into writing. So I decided... Or me and my dad decided, what if we made a Minecraft creative writing podcast? So then we created that. I called it Minecraft Short Stories. I found an image. We used a Minecraft text. And then we set up the podcast. And then at that time, I had spent a long time creating a story for that. I created The Creeper and the Ocelot. So then we released that. To mild popularity, it w didn't do great. It got like 13 plays in a week, its first week. But then the podcast started going up. I released more episodes. I released a bonus episode in between the second and the third, or maybe the first and the second part of Creeper and the Ocelot called, well, back then it was called Thanks Mojang Shout Out to Minecraft, but it is now called Jungle Hogs and Farming. So then, I was getting listens, and then over that summer of 2021, I created a website where people could send me and short stories. I created a Gmail where I could answer these listener questions, and where people could sign up for extra bonus content. Go to microshortstories.com. So then, people started joining the email. My podcast started gaining some ground started getting some traction and I believe at the time of speaking I have about 60 people on that bonus content email I believe I've not gone some to some of you guys I'm sorry about that
and it slowed down because of the website. Um, I use WordPress, but the website's being really laggy at this time. It takes a super long time to load. So if you are trying to go to that to sign up or to submit a short story, to go to the website, you just have to wait a little while. It should load. The address still does work. It will just take a lot longer, but it should still work. So then we went on a road trip that summer of 2021. We went down, we flew down to Florida, I believe. Then we went up to Indiana, and then me and my dad drove from Indiana back to Washington. And during that drive, we stayed at hotel rooms or motel rooms, not hotel rooms, on our way back. And we ate at fast food places, mostly restaurants like McDonald's. And then I remember inside a hotel room, I remember the time when I reached my first 10,000 all-time place. I've been tracking it a lot up to that point. I remember it was at 7,000, and then I watched as it went to 9,000, and I was like, Dad, it's getting really close to 10,000. And then that night, inside a motel room, we looked, and it was at, like, 10,050 plays. I was like, yes, we have 10,000 plays. So, then, from along that time, I released monthly, even though I was supposed to release weekly. I did that cause, mostly because I didn't have enough, I didn't really have motivation for it. I didn't try to get one out every week. I am doing that right now. This is going to come out on Friday probably. It may come out Saturday morning. So I release monthly. But still, the graph of my podcast, weekly, monthly, daily, just continue going upwards. The one time it dipped down is when I did not release for two months. My latest episode for two months was The Portal is Opened, and that's when my podcast went down quite a lot. But then, it started going back up. And I believe the all-time record for plays I've had inside a day is about 1,200, and the all-time record for monthly is about 25,000 plays in one month. So yeah, it's it's crazy how much my podcast has grown. So, yes, I was inspired by the withering effect. And also, yeah, a little bit by the spawn chunks. But my main inspiration was really reading books and then enjoying the stories of those books and then also enjoying Minecraft. So then I tried to put I put those two things together to create my podcast and it's something I really enjoy doing. And I'm going to try to keep doing this for a long time. Keep doing content. So, yes, I was inspired by the winner effect, but also books, stories, and creativity. The first entry on the Minecraft iceberg on the beach second on the beach section is nether portals. And remember the beach section is all the base level stuff, so most of you guys, if not all of you guys, are going to know what all these things are. So, I'm going to read the entry. Nether portals. A rectangular portal made of obsidian and lit with a fire source, often flint and steel, used to enter the nether dimension. At its minimum size, it requires a vertical ring of obsidian 5 blocks high and 4 blocks wide, although at, at its maximum, it can be 23 blocks by 23 blocks. Their existence is hinted at via ruined portals found in both the overworld and nether. Usually, a created portal will generate an entirely new nether portal on the other side. However, if an existing portal already exists in another dimension, a created portal will link to that one instead. 
This means several nether portals can be linked to the same portal. So, that's pretty base level stuff. I believe most Minecrafters, even new Minecrafters, know about that, since they're a very integrated part of the game. So let's go ahead and move on to the next entry. Strongholds, a hidden underground structure housing the end portal, which takes the player to the end dimension. Thrown as a vendor, crafted with inner pearls and blaze powder, will guide a player towards the newest stronghold, towards the nearest stronghold. So I actually had an experience with a stronghold. So I was inside a village, inside a mobile world, since I played on my phone at that time. And under the village was a stronghold. And if you wonder, you want, and if you are wondering, yes, this is the set seed inside the creation menu. This was Stronghold Village. So, I believe when I had stone tools only, I didn't have anything else, no armor. I went down to the Stronghold to try to get stuff. I got some enchanted books, I got some iron, I believe. So I was pretty happy with that. And I eventually did find the Nether Portal. And I eventually did find the end portal, I mean. But at that point in the game, that was kind of a waste. Search because I spent a ton of time looking for the end portal for no reason and I didn't track my way I didn't place torches I just walked inside the dark so unfortunately that did not help me in any way since I had no way to get back so I just mined straight up back to the village but I did go end up being under an ocean nearby and I almost drowned but I did make it out I never did end up going to the end inside the world because that was actually the world as I said before with the burrow which is what I called my house if you don't remember that was one of the best one of my favorite things I built inside that world but I never did get and I never did end up going to the end the next entry is wither summoning the wither a somewhat secret boss is summoned by placing three wither skulls atop a t-shape of four soul sand blocks when first summoned, the Wither is invulnerable and immobile, but after 10 seconds, it will release an explosion and start attacking, usually by flying around and shooting exploding Wither skulls at nearby mobs. Mobs killed by the Wither will have a, will have a, wither, ro will have a wither Rose placed at their death location, which means damages, which damages anything that walks, up, that walks on it. Summon the Wither is hinted at in one of the paintings in the game. So yeah, it is hinted at one of the paintings inside the game. If you remember, there is a painting where it shows three blocks about the same color as soul sand. You can't quite tell that they are soul sand. You can't see the faces inside the soul sand. And then what appears to be three wither skulls over that. So this painting was actually done by Mojang. It was not a recreation inside Minecraft or a pixel art of a famous painting. And it was not custom done by like an art by an artist that they hired. This was done solely by Mojang. Next thing on the list, jockeys. The name given to a mob riding another mob. Jockeys with official names are the chicken jockey, a baby zombie riding a baby chicken, the spider jockey, a skeleton riding a spider, and the skeleton horseman. A skeleton riding a skeleton horse spawned only via a skeleton horse trap. Other, other unofficial hockeys include the hoglin jockey, one or, more one or more baby piglins, one or more baby piglins riding a baby hoglin, the ravager jockey, a pillager riding a ravager, and the strider jockey, either a baby strider or a zombified piglin riding an adult strider. Additionally, in Bedrock Edition, baby zombies can ride far more mobs than just baby chickens. I have had experience with jockeys. They are a little bit overrated in their strength, that people say. 
they are quite easy to defeat. They are two mobs, but it's not that hard to get rid of the spider, get rid of the chicken, and then just finish off the skeleton, baby piglin, baby piglin, or or baby zombie that spawns on top. The next entry is potion brewing. Potion brewing is an incredibly convoluted process. Potion brewing is an incredibly convoluted process if you don't actually know what you're doing. So that was the whole entry. I'm guessing that they're just leaving out the stuff about how they have special powers because this is surface level and people should know this stuff. But they are right, potion brewing is super hard if you have no previous knowledge or if you don't have the crafting book or whatever that thing is in Java Edition. I don't know if they have one. So, potion brewing could definitely be easier. A lot of people have said that Minecraft should add a potion brewing painting or a banner that shows all the, that shows a lot of the most popular potion brewing combinations like invisibility, water breathing, fire resistance, that kind of stuff. Which I feel like would help a lot, but that's up to Mojang. The next entry is In Credits Poem, a message that appears after going through the end portal once you kill the Ender Dragon. It's written by Julian Go. I'm sorry if I did not pronounce your name right. As per Notch's request call for someone to help include a silly over-the-top out-of-nowhere text for the end of the game. This poem involves two speakers talking about the player's accomplishments, as well as comparing the long dream of life to the short dream of a game. I do not, and I don't know anyone who does, who sits through all the end credits. I just skip it. But it does seem pretty cool. And also I find it funny how Notch wants to add a convoluted, well not convoluted, but a silly over-the-top text for the end of a game. Because Minecraft doesn't really have that many much lore and not that much text. I know that the end credits poem is not necessarily canon. It's not necessarily stating anything in Minecraft that is... that Mojang agrees with. Like... If it says here Ryan said the poem, it's probably not it's not saying that Mojang says here Ryan's real. But it is fun to see. After you be a blocky Ender Dragon inside a blocky world. A super in-depth and like a super in-depth and life-questioning text come up. So the next entry is Steve. When asked what the player's name was, Notch jokingly responded with Steve, making up the name on the spot. It has since become the canon name for the player. When Alex was introduced in 1.8, the change skin menu to Minecraft.net used the name Steve to refer to the original player model. So what this is saying is Notch, on the spot, when someone asked him what the player's name was, just said Steve, because Steve is a pretty common name. It's used in a lot of different things to just be a random person. Like John Doe, or just calling someone like John. Steve is just a common name that people use to just say a name if they don't know it. So it is funny that the name became canon when Notch just jokingly responded with it. The next entry is Music Discs. Music Discs are attained either from chests inside structures or by getting a creeper killed by a skeleton slash tray. Whereas most discs were composed by musicians, C4-1A, more recent discs, such as Pigstuff found in Bastion Remnant, found in Bastion Remnants, or other side, found in Stronghold slash Dungeons, were composed by Lena Rain. 
I feel that Minecraft discs are a very fun addition to Minecraft, along with note blocks. Along with note blocks, because it's all about the creativity of Minecraft, and it's fun that you can make music with it. But I also like how some of them have lore. For example, disc 11, disc 13, and how people say they can fit together at the little pause inside disc 13. The next entry is very long, it is on beacons. A multi-block structure consisting of the aptly named beacon block, atop a pyramid of metal or gemstone blocks, upon which the beacon will shoot a beam of light into the sky and have the capacity to and have the and have the capacity to grant effects, assuming this beacon has an undestructive view of the sky to begin with. These can range from a single layer up to nine blocks to four layers of 164 blocks total. Pyramids are not unique to a beacon, so by some fitting so by some fiddling around, one can place several beacons on top of a stretched pyramid, thus using the fewest possible materials possible. Thus using the fewest thus using the fewest materials possible. Five primary powers can be accessed via an activated beacon: haste and speed with one layer, resistance and jump boost with two layers, and strength with three layers. These powers are all at one by default. With four layers, a secondary power is also available, which will be activate, which will be active alongside a primary power of your choosing. Secondary powers can't. Secondary powers can be either regeneration one, or the option to upgrade another primary power to level two instead. Via stained glass or stained glass panes, the beacon's beam can be colored as well. Combinations of most colored glass will tempt the beam properly, similar to leather dyeing, meaning practically all colors of the sRGB spectrum. Practic meaning practically all colors of the sRGB space, several million colors, are available. Are available. Beacons are very interesting. And I did not know that there are so many possible colors. That is quite cool and a ton of custom and a ton of customize and a ton of customizability. And the next entry is conduits. A multi-block structure consisting of the aptly named conduit, made with nautilus shells and a heart of the sea, surrounded by a minimum of 16 prismarine blocks two blocks away from the conduit, thus leaving a one-block moat of water. An activated conduit provides unlimited, unlimited conduit power in a range much like a beacon, giving water breathing, night vision, and haste. Three 5x5 five five five, five five open squares are the maximum number of prismarine blocks that can be added to the conduit, making 42 blocks tall. Conduits are kind of kind of the beacons of underwater that not many people use, but are quite a cool addition to the game. Kind of a side quest, finding the heart of the sea and making this ancient structure. And it's also cool how Mojang has a specific structure that then conduits only work with this structure. And I, of course, talking about the prismarine blocks you have to make around the conduit before it works. The next is leather dyeing. One upside, one upside to leather armor is its vast customization when it comes to colors. In Java Edition, leather armor can be leather armor can be dyed by crafting with the dye of your choice. Whereas in Bedrock Edition, dyed water cauldrons, a, a feature exclusive to that version, can be used to dip clothes in instead. Leather armor can be dyed more than once, with subsequent colors being averaged into the mix. With this process, twelve. This process, 12,326,391 colors are, are possible. That is a lot more than I thought. And dang, they do have a lot of customizability. The next entry is Desert Wells, an incredibly rare structure that generates in desert biomes. 
even if the generate structure option is disabled. It's unknown why the vast majority of these wells were created so far away from most societies. That is cool that they have that is cool that they can still generate during do not generate even when the do not generate structures thing is off. And it is mysterious. Why are they so far away from society? I'm guessing that they're probably created by the ancient builders that a lot of people are talking about right now. And that they created these, maybe, to be a water source inside the middle of the desert when there's not really any water. The next entry is Draken's Breath. The clouds produced via the injured dragon's fireball, or breath attacks, can be scooped up with an empty bottle in order to correct dragon's breath. And a bring strand. These can be used to create lingering potions, which will create temporary clouds of their respective potion effect when thrown. Can't creepers also do that? Can't you throw an effect on a creeper and then when you blow it up, it creates a cloud? That's actually quite cool that this is a thing. It is a little weird. It is a little bit of a weirder crafting recipe than most potions, because you're collecting the dragon's breath or fire along the ground to create this potion. So it does some, add some mystique to it. It adds a little bit of. It makes it feel more powerful the potion. The next entry is seasonal events. Around Halloween, from October 20th to November 3rd, a few small Halloween-related changes would occur. Bats would spawn in higher levels, from level 3 or less than to level 6 or less, and the only splash sticks shown on the menu would be, ooh, spooky. Additionally, exactly on October 31st, zombie, zombie villagers, husks, drowned skeletons, stray zombified biglins, and wither skeletons have a chance to wear a carved pumpkin or jack-o'-lantern on their head. Around Christmas, from December 24th to December 26th, all types of chests would have the textures changed to resemble Christmas presents. The splash text would also read, Merry Xmas for these days. I, unfortunately, have never played during a Halloween update, a seasonal event. I don't know why, it's just not lined up where I've played during one. Actually, I may have played during the pumpkin one. I don't think I... I don't think I saw any mods with pumpkins on their heads though, so I have not experienced any seasonal events really. I've also never seen a chest with that looks like a present. I don't know. I'm guessing it's just some... Pro I just don't play on these dates, I'm guessing. Next entry, sleeping in other dimensions. If you try to use a bed to sleep in the nether or end, the bed will explode instead, setting fire to surrounding blocks. If the player is killed by this explosion, you'll receive the death you you'll receive the death message. Player was killed by intentional game design. This also occurs when a respawn anchor is being used outside the Nether. That's funny that Mojang put a death message that it was killed by intentional game design because players are probably going to be like the first time they're killed. Why did this happen? And then Mojang's like, this is an intentional game design. Next one is Soul Sand Faces. The Soul Sand texture has a screaming face on it, suggesting that there are souls embedded within the block itself. Soul Sand may have marked the location of burial sites or graveyards for long gone civilizations, or simply a natural process that occurs when mobs die near soil blocks in the nether. This definitely has a lot of lore in it. I don't want to really go into that. I don't want to really go into that lore, but it's quite interesting. The final one for the beach layer is chiseled, stands, chiseled sandstone symbols. Regular chiseled sandstone blocks have a creepier face on their sides. 
Red Chisel Sandstone, on the other hand, has a symbol of a wither on it. As for the suggestion of a Reddit user, Eulopluridon. I don't think I pronounced that right. The Red Sandstone suggests that the concept of summoning the wither dates back even to ancient times, although the motive behind summoning it is unknown. Although the motive behind summoning it is unknown. Additionally, two unused decorative sandstone textures were added in Java 1.2.1. One depicts four symbols, including a creeper face and an eye, whereas the other one is striped diamond shape with two eye-like dots in the middle of it. I don't know why this sa- I don't know why this says that the concept of summoning the weather dates back even to ancient times. Cause red chiseled sandstone does not appear anywhere inside the overall naturally. You have to craft it. So that wouldn't mean that it dates back to ancient times, it just means that the player carved chiseled sandstone to look like a wither. Okay, so this is going to be the second layer, shallows. This is less known things, but probably still a lot of the listeners of this podcast know about. And it is the first entry is Herobrine. We all know him the classic creepypasta of an entity that's claimed to be Notch's dead brother. The first image of him was posted on a 4chan board, while the first video hoax was created by Brograph streamer Copeland. It has since been taken down. Herobrine has since been accepted by both the community as well as Mojang, appearing in promotional art, a book in the 10th anniversary world, and even in patch notes, where he's jokingly removed in every update. Yep. I have a lot of stories about Herobrine. He's a very interesting concept a very interesting idea and I'm glad that someone has made him someone's put creativity into making him and the next entry is creep origins while notch was trying to make the model for a pig he accidentally swapped the height and length values for the body making the resulting mob taller than it was wide notch was inspired by this odd model and went on to make the creeper second one 1.17 content split Due to the sheer size and scope of the Caves and Cliffs update, Mojang decided to split the update into separate parts. Part 1 contained all the blocks, items, and mobs, while Part 2 affected build height surface plus cave generation, and biome blending, as well as adding new mountain and cave biomes. The Deep Dark, another feature planned for an informally, another feature planned for the formerly singular 1.17 Caves and Cliffs update, also developed into something far bigger than originally conceived, warranting another delay into a future update. A lot of people are kind of mad at Mojang for doing this, but I find that I would rather them have make make something more high quality, better content, than to rush it and then get it out sooner. The next entry is Cave Game. This is the very first version of the game, with only grass and cobblestone blocks taken for ruby dung, not just early game. This version of the game was never released to the public, and was only shown off in videos which are censored in most countries for unknown reason. This version of the game, which existed during Greek Classic, was called Cave, was called cave Game because it only intended to be a test for cave generation. So for you guys wondering, Ruby Dung is short for Ruby Dungeons. And if you look at a Ruby Dungeons screenshot, and there are only a few since it was never released, you can see that a lot of the textures look like Minecraft, and I believe that the stone sword was directly taken from Ruby Dung. Next is Microsoft Influence. On November 16th, on November 6th, 2014, Xbox Game Studios, formerly Microsoft, formerly Microsoft Studios, bought Mojang Studios and subsequently Minecraft for a whopping 2.5 billion dollars. This acquisition marked the start of a true cl- of a true cross path. 
This acquisition marked the start of a true cross-platform play, as well as the management of Bedrock Edition by Microsoft, especially noticeable with the inclusion of the Minecraft Marketplace. On October 21st, 2020, Minecraft developers announced that Mojang event accounts will be transferred over to Microsoft accounts beginning in early 2021. Players who did so were rewarded with a free cape, although those who were unable, mainly due to not knowing the email they used for their Mojang account, were all were also unable to log in and thus play the game anymore. I heard a lot of people are angry about this, and also a lot of people are angry at Microsoft for adding a Minecraft Marketplace, since Java Edition, all the mods are free, and not gonna lie, a lot of the Java Edition mods are more high quality and more well-maintained maintained than the Minecraft Marketplace mods. So, the Minecraft Marketplace is obviously kind of a cash grab for Microsoft. That's my personal opinion. This next entry is Creepers are Plants. A popular theory that Creepers are Plants, hence why they're green, and the reason they explode is to spread their spores. The official Mombistriary also reveals that Creepers have the capacity to distribute spores as well, although it's contradictory since the cross-section reveals a TNT block suggesting that, reveals a TNT block suggesting that they're artificial. There's also the fact that the original texture for a creeper is simply an edited and cut out version of the existing leaf block texture. Very interesting theory. The next entry is female ender dragon. The ender dragon drops, drops an egg when killed. Thus it is a female. Next one is farlands. Terrain generation bugs start at 12,550,000 blocks and 12,550,821 blocks from a spawn as a result of an overflow error from the factor from the fractal noise generate from the fractal noise Minecraft uses to create terrain. There's multiple types of far ends, uh, farlands, edge farlands, corner farlands, sky grids, triplands, though the edge farlands are most famous. Players experience multiple other bugs at these high distances, ranging from jitterness to passing through blocks. In beta 1.8, the Farlands were removed due to a change in world generation, and on release 1.8, a world border, a world border, was added to the game instead. In Bedrock Edition, the Farlands still existed all the way until June 23, 2021, after which only the Stripe Lands continued to exist. For its first 1.17's release in April of 2021, the Bedrock Farlands were changed significantly, becoming thin strips of land connecting at right angles rather than a single jumble of noise terrain. Farlands, very interesting. Next is Tutorial Logo Nether Portal. The Legacy Console Edition of Minecraft contains Nether Portal world contains tutorial worlds to help player to help players learn the basics of the game. These worlds contain a giant Minecraft logo in the sky, and breaking into often reveals often breaking into often revealed a secret, ranging from a diamond-filled chest to an entire lit Nether Portal. This is interesting. I'm guessing they put that there so then players thought somehow got into that would find materials and then maybe it's so that they could progress along in the game easier because it was only a tutorial world it wasn't a real world next is pink sheep sheeps can spawn in six different world in six different wool colors white black gray light gray brown and pink pink is the rarest color with pink sheeps only making up 0.164 percent of all sheep a baby pink sheep is even rarer naturally spawning a mere 0.0082 percent of the time I have only found a pink sheep once, and it was while I was um, flying around in Elytra, so I did not get to take it back as a trophy, 
finding a page sheep. So, I have not found one since though. And the final entry in today's Minecraft iceberg is the name tag Easter eggs. Naming a, naming a mob dinner bone or grum turns them upside down. Also, Jeb underscore gives sheep's rainbow color wool. And Toast gives rabbits the, the appearance. Also, Jeb underscore gives sheep's rainbow wool. And Toast gives rabbits the appearance of of Wizen. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. Girlfriend's missing rabbit. So I heard that the story of Wizen's rabbit is that Wizen message Mojang was like, Hey, can you memorialize this rabbit? Because his girlfriend had just lost a rabbit. And then Mojang kindly took that rabbit texture and made an Easter egg. And made a name tag Easter egg. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the 200,000 Play Special of Minecraft Stories Podcast. Make sure to give the podcast a five-star review. And I will see you guys inside the next episode.